Ah, hey, Islanders, you're listening to Breakfast on the Bridge, the featured morning show of KMIH 88.9 The Bridge, bringing you a smoldering serving of local sports, news, and talk on the island. Grab a plate, grab your cutlery, and enjoy the show. Good morning, Mercer Island. You are listening to KMIH Mercer Island. I'm Sophie Prock. And I am Sophie Cartwright. <laughs> Today, it is a Sophie-stacked morning show oh, because yeah. both Sophies are hosting the Breakfast on the Bridge morning show, and I'm so excited to get started. So am I. So getting right into it, first of all, okay, this morning, waking up was so much easier. Yes, it has been. Because daylight savings. Yes. And, okay, Every year, it goes into, like, debate and in the news, it's like, oh, like, they're going to ban daylight savings. <laughs> so we're always, <laughs> like, eradicate it because it's, Erad- Ooh, that's it's, a good it's done with. Because and they always say this every year, and it never happens because they're always just, like, passes, like, oh, like, it's fine. Like, we'll talk about it next year. Yeah. And it never happens. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, I have some hope that this year it's going to change. Yeah, well, I was looking at some articles earlier. Do you want to know why, actually, the Senate passed the, the permanent daylight savings bill? I actually really would, because you would like to know? I'm, I'm done with it. So. <laughs> well, so the reason why is because in the morning, when it's lighter out, there's less reports of crime and violence. Oh. So they decided just to keep it. But I think that's only really? one of the reasons. But, however, research has shown... That heart attacks and fatal oh. car accidents um, increase when the clock falls forward in the spring. So, oh, so it, this it's... October, this November, we fell back. So we kind of we we gained so an all hour, the right. So it's yeah. easier to wake up. But in the spring, like it 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 gets harder, and then people. So basically, there's yeah. nothing good about it, is what I'm hearing. Well, wait, you're saying in the spring is so when it goes back, like when we lose an hour, then it gets bad. That's when the heart heart attack. Yeah, but that's in the spring. That's in the spring when it gets harder to wake up because you lose an hour of sleep. Yeah, I thought it was passed because it was more light for farmers, so they it was easier for them to wake up. I thought that was a thing. (laughs) That I I think it is a thing. I think that's why it was a thing last like like in the past, but now it's not really necessary. But yeah, who knew? I know who knew. Crime rates go up. I know. I think it's banned actually in Hawaii and Arizona. How come? Do you know why? They just opted out of it. Oh, they just said no thanks? Yeah, they said that we don't need it. See, it's, it's so interesting to me because I, I don't understand how our clocks work then. Like, how we're yeah. still on the same timing. Like, what? Oh, oh, yeah, wait. Then there would be another... Oh. But they're already two hours, three hours behind us, why is? I guess now they're only two. Yeah, anyway. So maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> anyway, that's fair, yeah. Well. Sophie, I heard you had a few generated questions for us <laughs> oh yeah to prepare I, this morning. i always have some generated questions so let's get into those okay, okay. the first one up is gonna be <laughs> this is kind of funny where's the worst place you've been stuck in for a long time okay and you're asking me this yeah okay so also if you feel like you have a perfect answer oh, for yeah. this question text us at 206-275-9104 <laughs> um that's a tough one. Do you have an answer to that question? Like, thinking about it, I feel like there's a lot of situations I could use for this, but <laughs> the main one would probably be on an airplane, I want to say oh. this was two or three years ago, and it was an international flight, so it was a long one. Okay. I want to say, actually not, it, it was like an eight-hour flight, so pretty long, and the kid behind me 
their family, as we got onto the plane, they're like, oh, like, this is like the one trip we're taking a year because the kids get so plane sick. Oh, no. So this is the one flight they're going to take a year. Usually they drive places, but they really want to go to um, like this place, so we're going to take a plane. And they're trying to flight attendants, and the flight attendants were just like, oh, like, okay, good to know, good to know. And then, like, I want to say an hour into the flight, I start smelling the most disgusting smell oh of my, my life. God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, the kids are, like, literally getting sick. So, and, like, I hate, like, I'm terrified of, like, vomit. So, like, oh, I was, what's like. What's the fear called of vomit? Emetophobia. Emetophobia. Oh, and I was, like, shaking because they were directly <laughs> behind me. And, like, my hands were, like, over my ears. I, like, was ha- It was horrible. Like, I switched sheets on the plane. Like, it was so bad. That sounds very and scary. Like, everyone on the plane, it was actually terrible. Wow. I so can't believe you survived affected. that, Sophie. It was it was really bad, actually. I still, I think I trauma-blocked a lot of it. Trauma-blocked. It was it was horrible <laughs> for me. What wow. about you? <laughs> um. Well, I, all I can think of really is just, like, having to be stuck in a class that's really boring oh, all yeah. the time. Do you ever look at the clock and think, <laughs> oh, there's 10 minutes left, that's, like, two... Or five, two minutes, like yeah. 20, 30 seconds. I do that all the time I do in that, yeah. classes. Mm-hmm. Or like like in the um when it's a block period at our oh, school we have block periods yeah. and they're like an hour and a half. Oh those as are... soon as it hits the the mark where it's like one class period, I'm like, Okay, yeah. I just have to get for one <laughs> yeah. class period. <laughs> um, it, it never gets easier, I don't think. It doesn't. It doesn't get easier. And I, I honestly am not a big fan of the block period. Yeah. I can't focus for that long. Yeah, and it's hard to. I mean, some of my teachers will let us have a break midway through, mm-hmm. but a lot don't. And I realize yeah. I've just been sitting down for an hour and a half Mind listening don't. to a teacher speak. Yeah. Yeah. In some of those, which is really hard. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into some more recent events. Miles Alvarez has a wonderful news segment prepared for us, so let's welcome him in. Hello, Miles. How are you doing today? Hello. I am doing great. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. So why don't you share with us the news that you whipped up? Of course. (laughs) Getting into our news, today marks the last day that you can still cast your vote for the 2022 midterm elections. Here in Washington, if you are a registered voter, you can cast your vote by depositing your ballot in a ballot drop box by 8 p.m. Here on Mercer Island, our ballot drop box is located at the community center. On this year's ballot, U.S. US House and Senate seats, as well as a variety of state and county positions, are up for grabs. The Senate race between Senator Patty Murray and challenger Tiffany Smiley has been particularly notable, with both candidates combining to spend a nearly record-breaking $35 million on their campaigns. Polls show that 49% of voters favor Murray and 41% favor Smiley. Also on the ballot is a proposition that, if passed, would enact a property tax of $6.25 for $100,000 of assessed home value, which would go to fund, quote, urban green spaces, natural areas, wildlife and salmon habitats, trails, rivers, corridors, farmlands, and forests within King County. Voter turnout in King County for midterms is projected to be 72%. This is 4% below the 2018 level, but still far above the national average of 40%. Whichever way you lean on these important issues and candidates, make sure that you take the time to vote to support our democracy. Following Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter, 7,500 of the company's employees have been laid off, including 200 Seattle-based employees. Musk claimed that he had no other viable options, tweeting that the company is losing, quote, over $4 million a day. 
This comes after the announcement from Musk that Twitter users could pay $8 a month for the blue verification checkmark. Musk believes that the previous system of only granting verification to popular figures was elitist. When asked if the new system would promote disinformation, he claimed that Twitter would suspend any accounts impersonating someone else and keep the money they paid for the subscription. Now let's take you to news from the world of science and technology. System news you can use. Better catch the moon's disappearing act Tuesday. There won't be another one like it for three years. The total lunar eclipse will be visible throughout North America, the further west the better, and across Asia, Australia, and the rest of the Pacific after sunset. Additionally, Uranus will be visible just a finger's width above the moon, resembling a bright star. Totality will last nearly one and a half hours, from 5.16am to 6.41am, as Earth passes directly between the moon and sun. Known as a blood moon, it will appear a reddish-orange from the light of Earth's sunsets and sunrises. This is the second total lunar eclipse this year. The first was in May. There won't be another one until 2025. Climate activists block private jets at the Amsterdam airport to draw attention to the United Nations Climate Change Conference. Hundreds of Greenpeace climate protesters blocked private jets from leaving Amsterdam's Skypol Airport on Sunday, a demonstration on the eve of the COP27 UN climate meeting in Egypt. The 2022 UN Climate Change Conference is the 27th United Nations Climate Change Conference. This event, the world's biggest summit on climate change, kicked off on Sunday with thousands of delegates from around the globe there to tackle environmental issues. The event comes as scientists warn that rises in Earth's temperature must be kept well below 2 degrees Celsius since the 1800s, but right now strategies would lead to a warming of as much as 2.6 degrees by the end of the century. Canadian researchers have found a solution to ice problems in the winter from an unlikely source, the Gen 2 penguin. In a research study released this week, scientists at McGill University in Montreal unveiled a wire mesh design which could wrap around power lines, the sides of boats, or even airplanes and prevent ice from sticking to the surfaces without using chemicals. The scientists drew inspiration from the wings of Gen 2 penguins, which swim in ice-cold waters near the South Pole and manage to stay ice-free even when temperatures outside are well below freezing. They discovered that feathers naturally keep ice at bay. The feathers were arranged in a hierarchical order that allowed them to shed water naturally while their naturally barbed surfaces lowered ice adhesion. I'm Sophia, and this is STEM News You Can Use. That is very interesting. And I know Sophia talked a little bit about the climate activists, and that's a really big thing right now. Have you been seeing in the news, like, People gluing themselves to, to paintings. Excuse me, gluing themselves to yes. paintings? as well as throwing, like, the tomato soup on the... Oh, I actually did see that viral that, video. There's a lot now. It's a big thing now. Mm-hmm. Of the of the tomato soup on the painting. I don't yeah. know how that happened. How, how is that possible? I don't know and how... is the painting okay? I have so oh, yeah. many questions. Well, okay, the, they also mentioned... I saw one of the videos, of like, the, the full videos in an article, which is, like, the whole video of them gluing themselves and their whole speech they gave. Mm-hmm. And in it, they always disclose that like there's glass in front of the painting so they're not actually hurting it oh really yeah oh so it's not yeah. that big of a deal yeah i mean but yeah, it's so more people just still get really mad yeah they always say like oh like this painting is protected by glass but like still i mean that's so very it's very risky to yeah soup on a painting and they are gluing themselves like to the wall and to the wait to the what paintings. wall and how come and and why okay it's um the quote they're using is What's better? Actually, I- I'm gonna verify the quote they're using, but it's something along the lines of like, "What's better, like art or life?" Mm-hmm. And but then, how come they're targeting art? 
I like, what just, does art have to do with, with climate change? I not, not necessarily that, but it being such a relevant thing. Because, like, if the Mona Lisa gets, like, destroyed, it's going to be a huge news thing. So it's, like, an instant way for them to get on the news and become relevant in that sense, you know? Oh, I see what you like, mean. like, if there's just, like, a protest, as unfortunate as it is, that maybe won't get as much press coverage. Mm-hmm. Or if they just give a speech. But by doing something so, like, out there. And yeah. that's very relevant to that's a lot actually, of people. Yeah, that's very smart. So that's really interesting. I'm yeah. glad she brought that up because it's a really relevant story that's mm-hmm. happening. Miles also talked about salmon a little bit. He only briefly mentioned it. But it reminded me, have you ever been to the salmon hatchery in Issaquah? I think I did for a field trip once. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then also, we were talking about climate change. The The salmon hatchery is a way of protecting salmon and making sure their habitat yeah. is up to date, I guess one could say. Um but that reminded me of all the all the little trips I used to take to the salmon hatchery. My um, great aunt, she used to work there or volunteer there. Hmm. And it was so fun. There was an event, Salmon Days, in, like, late August, where I'm pretty sure that was, like, when all the salmon were, like, up and running and they were oh, going yeah. through the, their little river and, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to get to the other side or whatever they do. Yeah. Um, and I, that was just, that made me think of the, the Salmon Days in, in Issaquah in Washington. Oh, wow. It's it is a lot of I feel like climate and just the global warming is really becoming more relevant than ever. And I did find that quote that they're using. It's what oh, yeah? what is worth more art or life? Oh. Um so you're the on question point. they're asking. And they're it's usually about oil actually. Not global warming necessarily, just stopping oil. Like oil fracking? I think I'd imagine so. Huh. I'm not sure where the tomato soup comes in, but interesting. Oh wow. Sophie and I are looking at a picture right now on our computer screen and it shows two people in front of what looks like a van gogh yeah yeah Yeah. that is van gogh's painting of the sunflowers that are a little like weeping they're weeping a little bit and they've poured is that tomato sauce tomato soup tomato soup on the painting and and it's completely covered and they glued their hands to the wall it is always risky though too because once you have some people who are doing it i would say more respectfully as they claim they know there's glass in front of the painting um, and they disclose that multiple times. Mm-hmm. It might lead way to other people doing this and maybe not yeah. like double checking. And that's hard because you can't have just a few people representing a whole movement because, again, not necessarily everyone is going to do the right thing or promote it in the right way. So, mm-hmm. Sophia also brought up um, private jets in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. So, are they not allowing private jets to fly through the Amsterdam airport? I'm not sure. I know that actually on the elections, that was one of the things. Um, that people can vote against is, is attacks mm-hmm. on private jet fuel. Oh, attacks on it. Oh, interesting. Which is interesting. I, I know yeah. a lot of celebrities too. You wouldn't realize. I know lots of celebrities. There was like insane. Yeah, there was a huge. I'm pretty sure it was a controversy about how how much Taylor Swift and Kylie Jenner oh, use their yeah, use their private that. jets, and yeah. everyone's like canceling. Them. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense because like like an A list celebrity is not going to fly like. On a economy airplane, yeah, because like it, that's just, that would just cause so much drama. It so, would, like, I, I, in a sense, private jets are kind of the only way. I don't know. It's hard. I mean, it feels a little obscure to say yeah. that a, a private jet is okay, your only yeah, yeah. of transportation. I guess, yeah, I, I mean, there, yeah, I feel like there's definitely other ways, but in a sense, I see where it's coming from. But there definitely should be some sort yeah. of. I, I'm not canceling Taylor Swift, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. saw like the numbers of it too, like how much jet fuel was being used I know. to like, <gasps> yes. all the private. It's insane. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of flying and and traveling on private jets, Sophie, I do hear that you have something prepared for us oh, to share. Oh, yes. And it's actually a relevant topic on daylight savings. Oh, really? Um, just a little, a little travel destination idea for you. So let's hear that right now. Are you planning your next vacation or deciding the next place you want to visit? Perfect timing, because I'm Sophie bringing you the travel destination of the week. Fall back just happened, and if you're not a fan of daylight savings, you should consider going somewhere where it doesn't exist at all anymore. In 1967, Hawaii opted out of the Uniform Time Act's provisions, meaning they completely skipped daylight savings. One of the best islands for tourists in Hawaii is Maui. The best times to visit is between March and September, which sees the highest temperatures and lowest amounts of rain. On Maui, you can find incredible low-cost adventures like going on hikes, snorkeling, or swimming in one of its many incredible public beaches. If you are looking to spend a little bit of money, you can consider going on a snorkel tour, which can range from two hours to half a day, taking surf lessons, or dining in one of Maui's incredible restaurants. One of the most popular foods in Hawaii is poke. You may have heard of it as its growing popularity has made its way to the mainland. The term, which translates to sliced or cut in Hawaiian, consists of raw fish mixed with seasonings and vegetables. You might finish your meal with a fruit-flavored dessert, as the tropical climate provides great growing conditions for fruits and vegetables like pineapple, arugula, melon, squash, and coconuts. Stay tuned for more travel locations and keep listening to KMIH 889 The Bridge. Wow, Sophie, you are my favorite travel agent. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I always look forward to those, and actually... I will be visiting Hawaii with my family <gasps> later this winter. Oh, show them this pro, show them this feature, and you guys can get some ideas of what to I do. I will. Yes, I think I think we're going to Maui. My mom's really? very excited about it. Oh yes. my gosh! This, mm-hmm. Is it from the feature? It is. We oh, we heard perfect. your feature, and we were like, we're gonna go to Hawaii. Oh yeah, just this morning. Everything <laughs> just was this morning. I heard out. that. I said, Mom, we're booking it. Yeah, book the tickets we're booking right it. now. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of traveling, everything going on in our world right now, recent events. Sophie, do you know what today is? It is election day. Whoa! And can you tell us what that means? What a day. What a day. Um, I mean, <laughs> I do some of it self-explanatory. Basically, guys, <laughs> put your put your polls in, or is that the right term for it? Ballots. Ballots. Yeah, I guess, put your yeah. ballots in, mail them in. Honestly, do they still give out stickers? I don't think they do because you um, mail it instead of going in. Yeah, I think if you went into the post office, they'd give you a sticker. Because mm. <laughs> I, I heard a lot of adults talking to like my parents and some of my teachers are saying how it's just not as not as big of a deal anymore because it's just mailing in your ballot. You don't actually go into the voting booths, mm-hmm. get your sticker, write your ballot, which I feel like seems kind of more fun. It makes you seem more important. Yeah. Putting your um, election in. But on that. So putting you, your election in. <laughs> put your ballot in. <laughs> Um, you're 18 now, so you I can am. vote. So what is that like? What does it feel like? Well, I talked to Sophie Hill about this earlier as well, but I did just turn 18 earlier this mm-hmm. October and I had a ballot come to me in the mail mm-hmm. and my dad gave it to me. He said, here's your ballot. And I said, thanks. And then I wrote my answers and I sealed <laughs> <The> it answers. up. <laughs> yeah, I wrote my answers. I sealed it up and I sent it off in the mail. And wow. that was that. And they gave me, it came with a little, a little voters pamphlet. Oh, to let me oh. know who everyone was, who I was voting for. Um, and I won't share who I was voting for because <laughs> I might get kicked off the air. No, uh, just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully actually, I wouldn't get kicked off the air. <laughs> we'll stay safe and not say who she voted for. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. So you said you did get interviewed by Sophie Hill. I did. Which is interesting because she did go around and ask a lot of the seniors here 
who they were voting or not who they were voting for. <laughs> um, what it felt like for voting. Yeah. Um, just turning 18. So should we listen to that now? I think we should. Today is the midterm election, and this year's seniors will be casting their first votes. Let's see how these young adults feel about participating in their first election. Who am I here with? Jackson Brady. How do you feel about voting in tomorrow's election? I'm pretty excited. It'll, it'll be my first time. Who am I here with? I'm Alex. Hi. <laughs> how do you feel about voting in your first election? Pretty cool. It's good to vote. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Who am I here with? I'm here with Sophie Prock. You're here with Sophie Prock. <laughs> How do you feel about voting in your first election? Um, I'm really excited. Uh, one thing about voting in the election is I have to talk to my parents a lot about it because I actually like kind of opened my ballot and I was like, oh shoot, I don't really know that much about these candidates. So I had to do my own research and use the voters pamphlet to understand more about who I was actually voting for. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Who am I here with? Andrew Howison II. <laughs> How do you feel about voting in your first election? Well, I think it's a very, very um, interesting process. I think there's in some ways some pressure. Um, I think this election is more uh, decisive um, as others. And I think that um, we're being told by a lot of people that this election can really shape how, what the next couple of years are going to look like in America. Great answer. Thank you, Andrew. It seems there's a lot of excitement and anticipation surrounding today's election. And like our upperclassmen, I'd like to encourage everyone to cast their votes if eligible to do so. Happy voting. Yeah, it was super cool to hear everyone else's perspective, too, because a lot of other people around me are 18 as well, like Andrew and Alex and Jackson. And yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been really cool. I, I feel excited, and I feel like I have some representation in my government. Some say in the country. Some say in what I am doing, and it is funny though. A lot of yeah. people seem like they don't know what's happening or like or <laughs> that's true much about it. Which is, I mean, it makes sense. Like, obviously, we're not expected to know too much. Yeah, <laughs> about yeah. political systems. Um, but on that, let's go to a very patriotic song to <laughs> celebrate our the democracy we have and yeah. getting that say in what's happening. I'm so excited to listen <laughs> to this song. Great song. I hopped up the plane at LAX with a dream in my cardigan. Welcome to the land of fame, excess. Am I gonna fit in? That was Party in the USA by the one and only Miley Cyrus. I'm Sophia Zana with your sports. And in less than three weeks, you can be sporting your red, white, and blue in the 2022 World Cup. This is the first time that the U.S. men's national team has made the World Cup since 2014, and they'll kick off their group stage journey versus Wales on November 21st. They will also face England and Iran later in the month. And now moving on to some American football for you, the Seahawks are holding strong at the top of the NFC West with a 6-3 and overall record. They are currently on a four-game winning streak after taking down the Cardinals for the second time in three weeks. This Sunday, they'll play Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. But for the first time in NFL history, they'll be playing in Germany. So now we're going to cross the bridge to Climate Pledge Arena. The Seattle Kraken are coming are second in the Pacific Division in their second official season. They are coming off a four-game winning streak and are hoping to make it five tonight versus the Nashville Predators at 7 p.m. 
Now, in Mercer Island sports, Mercer Island girls volleyball are going to districts this Thursday and will play versus West Seattle High School. The game will be played at Lakeside High School, so make sure to show up and support your Islanders, especially the one who's hosting today's morning show, Sophie Proc. Now, that's all for me. I'll be passing it off to Jenna Martin with our weekly captain's interview featuring Mercer Island cross-country captain Kate Becker. All you, Jenna. What's up, 88.9 The Bridge? This is Jenna Martin. I am here with week eight of the captain interviews. This week, I am with captain of the cross-country team, Kate Becker. How are you today, Kate? I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for joining me. To start things off, how long have you been doing cross-country? I've been doing cross-country since sixth grade, so since middle school, but I've been running since third grade when I did Girls on the Run in elementary school. I don't think they ever offered it other than like the all-island track meet in elementary school, but middle school is like when it officially starts, and I've just been doing it, I guess, seven years now. Did Girls on the Run make you want to become a captain in cross-country, or did doing cross-country in middle school? I think it's a, like a mix of both. I think I definitely started out with Girls on the Run because like their motivation is trying to teach girls to be empowered. And I think also just have been doing it for so long. It was just something I wanted, like a step I wanted to take. So it's safe to say you're excited when you became a captain? I was. I was super excited. And I since I just know the community pretty well and I like a lot of my friends, I love spending time with them there. So I think it's just it was super, I was super excited and it was just a fun environment. I love that. Were you a junior captain, too, or just a senior? Just, just senior. Um, all the captains this year were seniors. What motivates you to be a great leader? Just the, like, people I'm around motivate me. Our, like, head coach, Susan Empey, she's, like, definitely one of my biggest role models just in life and in running. So I think she is probably what motivates me to be better every day, like, outside of running, too. What is your guys' pre-meet ritual? This one's kind of funny. We do it every time, and we do it before all the races, like the girls and the boys races since they're separated, but um, everyone kind of, like, gets up in a circle and puts their arms around each other, and it's like this little chant thing. It's really fun, and Brooks, Engie, you know, he gives really good speeches before. It's really funny, and it's just super, like, inspirational before you run. Do you guys all give speeches as captains or just Brooks? I mean, it switches off, but definitely Brooks takes the reins because he's super good at it, so it's, it's funny to watch. Do you guys listen to a song on your way to your meets? I don't think everyone does this, but ever since freshman year, this is really, this is, like, (laughs) random to say, but, like, you know the song Hall of Fame from the script? Yeah. Okay, I listen to it every single time before a race, and I don't know why, but I feel like I just, like, I need to hear it, like, before I run. (laughs) It's now become, like, sentimental and, like, a ritual. Yeah, like, pretty much, and I listened to it, like, the last time before senior night with Lauren Monahan, and it was just, like... One of those things, I was like, like, it's the last time. Yeah, that's so sad. Did you guys have a good meet senior night? We did, yeah, it was super fun. Good. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Of course, thank you for having me. Great, thank you so much, Jenna and Kate. Now I'll be passing off to the Sophie and Sophie duo that's hosting your morning show. So again, uh, good luck to Sophie Proc and the Mercer Island Girls Volleyball team. Back to you guys. Wow, thank you so much, Sophia. And Sophia, thank you so much for joining the Sophie team. We're glad we could have you on for sports today. It was a wonderful coverage by you. Uh, Sophie? Oh my gosh. That interview almost made me cry. That was so sad. It was so sad. The part where she's like, like we listened to the um, Hall of Fame by the scripts, and it was just one of those things where you know it's the last time. That was so sad. That's exactly how I felt on senior night, too, when we all gathered in the in the locker room and did our, our pregame rituals. It was so sad. High school is just, it's full of those moments too, especially for senior year when you know like yeah. this is the last time. Mm-hmm. We've oh. had our last football game already, our last oh, fall yeah. march. 
for football season, I guess, actually. <laughs> but, like, our last homecoming. Hi, Twombly. He just walked by. <laughs> <laughs> but just knowing that it's, like, sad. Even as a junior, I've already seen those moments. Or it's, like, every year when it ends, like, oh, like, this is the last time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, it's never going to happen again. I know. It's so sad. But I feel like, also, it's it's more bittersweet, and it's more... Yeah. It's it's exciting, because it's also, like, you know, you have you have good things coming. Yeah. So... Yeah, and it, if for it to be so good, it has to come to an end because that's just the way things are. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, what a what a sad note. On that. I know what a sad note, but but we're looking at it from a positive point of view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So coming up soon later this week, we also have Veterans Day oh, on yes. Wednesday. I believe we had a Veterans Day. We have a Veterans Day assembly tomorrow. And tomorrow? Oh, oh my God! You're right. It's that is Tuesday. tomorrow because today is Tuesday. But a few of our students in eighty eight nine. The bridge staff made us a quick little feature about Veterans Day, and it's a it's a little promo, so we're gonna play that for you. November 11th is Veterans Day. The bridge is proud to support every individual who dedicated their lives to serving our country. We asked our student staff to help us recognize some veterans in their lives. Wade Bryant, Jerry Becker, Travis Settle, Harvey Orndorff, Jerry Hoferber, Charles Winford Holtzbaugh, Homer Gonzalez, Bruce Simmons, Alan Lurie, Huston Riley, Mike Gazarek, Christopher J. Byard, Wally Younger, Dave Rosen, Riley Cove. Thank you for all you've done. an incredible promo <laughs> um it's very interesting to you don't realize how many people served um mm-hmm. in the army do you have anyone in your family who served my uncle did it's actually really interesting i don't see him too often because he lives in michigan uh-huh. um but like he'll tell us stories sometimes and it's just like the most random things like one time he told us about like this huge spider that was on his chest <laughs> and he like woke up and he just like flung it off because it was like literally the size of his hand and, oh my God. and like, and this is just like in a random country, and he has all these interesting stories from it. So wow. <laughs> it's really interesting. My uncle also served. Oh, really? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. He he hasn't told me too many stories about it. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think it's it's very important that we honor all of our veterans and make sure that they they know they're appreciated this week and yeah all the time. Speaking of appreciation, <laughs> we have been <laughs> these connections to all these features is so funny. <laughs> um. But we've been interviewing a lot of our new teachers and some of our counselors, mm-hmm. and this week we decided to interview Michael Ketchum, uh, who is our video teacher now, and this yes. is a new class you can take at our school, so it's really interesting. So let's hear that interview right now, and hopefully learn a little bit more about that class and Michael Ketchum. Here at Mercer Island High School, an art form new to our campus has arrived. Taught by Michael Ketchum, the media technology class teaches the art of film and video production. For Michael, it has been a long road with many twists and turns to get where he is now, a road that started in 1984 with the U.S. Navy. Oh, I loved the Navy. It's like, uh, I mean, I've I've made some of my lifelong and best friends in the Navy and, you know, got the opportunity to see like, you know, 10, 15 different countries that most people might see on a map. It was pretty cool. After eight years, Michael decided to go to college and get a degree in teaching. It didn't quite go as expected. But while I was going back to school, I was also bartending, got promoted to manager, and then got an opportunity to buy a restaurant franchise. And so I owned a restaurant for five years. It was an Outback Steakhouse. And then? Went into project management and started doing large 
telecom implementations in Dubai and New Zealand and uh, was you know, out of the country for a large period of the time doing doing that type of thing. So it was a lot of fun. What do you think it is about your personality that you just keep going from one thing to another? I'm a glass, I'm not even a glass half full kind of guy. I'm a glass full all the time. And even if it's not full, I like to think that it's refillable if it's not. So it's trying something different, trying to be challenged all the time. After I've done something for seven or eight years, it's like, okay, what else is on there? What else can I do? I think it always helps you stay young. Michael eventually wound up as the program manager of All Recipes, a website that gives cooking instructions via video. Michael had no experience with the video side of things, so naturally, that's where he went next. Fourteen years ago, I started video at All Recipes, and by the time I left All Recipes, we'd done over 6,000 videos, won a bunch of uh, kind of awards for tellies and stuff like that. We did shows. We did a show called What's Cooking, where I traveled all over the United States cooking in people's kitchens. We did 41 or 42 episodes of me going into people's homes, and they would show me how to cook the recipe that they were known for on all recipes. Now, as the teacher of media technology, Michael hopes to teach students skills that go far beyond simply learning to edit. Well, originally, I think it was, it was straight media tech, so I, you know, the, the, the goal was you know, teach them the platforms and prepare people, you know, for careers in, in media technology. But I didn't want it to really kind of stop there. It's like, I don't want you just to learn how to use Adobe Premiere. It's like, if, in the end, you still want to be able to, to tell stories. What is your pitch to a student that sees this media tech class on the course catalog and is wondering whether or not they should do that? What are they going to get out of the class? I don't know if you ever watched Star Trek as a kid, but, you know, start. And I'm dating myself here, but they had their chess boards where you had 3D chess. The video kind of gives you, a, you know, that extra three-dimensional way of, I don't know, showing your art, you know, kind of exploring, you know, a different dimension of what you can do. The video gives you that chance to, okay, now I can I can do graphic, graphic arts, but I can leverage them into media arts. It allows you to do public speaking. I mean, you have that avenue. It's like, did you want, do you want to be a, a, a broadcaster? Do you want to be an anchor? Do you want to be behind the scenes? Do you want to be a producer? The field is so deep. Thank you, Mr. Ketchum, for speaking with us. All of the work the Media Tech class is doing can be found on their website, mihs.tv. Now back to your hosts on Breakfast on the Bridge. That was crazy. I did not know <laughs> that Michael Sophie Ketchum... and I were sitting here like, no way. <laughs> what? No way. Like, After every single... The all recipes one, that... That's insane. I love all recipes. That I use so, that all the time. That was crazy. It was so funny. He's like, like seven years later, Michael found himself wound up as the program director, <laughs> like program manager. Of like, all how did you get there? With like no, he he had no experience in the video field. But by the end, like he was a math. Like it was that was insane. That was so crazy. Yeah. Well, I yeah. So so, so um, catch as we call him, catch. He has he has his classroom right next to the radio classroom, mm-hmm. so I see him quite often. And I know who he is. He knows who I am. Like, we've, we've met. I've introduced myself. Um, and he always says hello to me. He's a super nice, friendly guy. And I've heard great things about his class. So that was really special to hear about that. Yeah. And that, I still can't get over that. That was actually, that's like a renaissance man. I, yeah. I've never heard of one. I, I got a feeling that he's he's not he's not going to be staying here for long. <laughs> because not, not in a bad way. Because he's just going to find something even cooler to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I got a feeling about that. Do you know what? I also... I, also got a feeling <laughs> by the Black Eyed Peas is a really great song. So <laughs> I got a feeling. I, I got that feeling.
I love that song. That has always That's been a, a and will always be one of my favorite songs. It's a big throwback song. That's one of those songs where it's like you hear it every, very rarely, every so often, maybe once every few months, if even. I actually play it a lot, to really? be honest with you, yeah. I hear that song once every six months, I want to say. And it's always a great experience. <laughs> it's always a great experience. Yeah. Black Eyed Peas, they actually, they have so much, so much good music. They I do. They're I wish they underrated. would make more music, but. People, are, are they still creating music? I don't think they are. Oh, we I had, think... didn't we have Ritmo a while ago, though? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. People don't realize how many famous, popular songs come from Black Eyed Peas. Do they not realize that? I don't think the people realize. I think the people, <laughs> people need to learn. Realize. People need to learn. They do need to learn. People on the streets need to learn. <laughs> people on the streets, not only do they need to learn, but they also need to tell us their info. Actually, no, they need to tell Annabelle their info because she's interviewing them all the time. She is. She always knows what the people on the streets are up to. Let's yeah. see what they're up to. Let's this see week. what they're up to. Yeah, exactly. Hello, I'm Annabelle Hegarty, and this is a series where I go around and ask random people random questions. Lately, I've been wondering about what kind of clothes people like to wear. So, I decided to ask people what their favorite shirt color is. Let's hear some opinions. Definitely blue or white or pink. Either blue or white. Powder blue. My favorite shirt color is blue. Teal. Navy blue. Navy blue because it goes with anything. Can I say tie-dye? Then, yes, tie-dye. Tie-dye is the most creative way of coloring a shirt ever. Probably super light gray, and I have, like, no reason for that. The sexiest shirt color, without question, is black. If you wear the color black, your hotness goes up by 20%, without question. My favorite shirt color is black because you can wear it with anything. Oh, black. <laughs> probably, like, white shirt or black shirt. Um, probably black. A long sleeve black shirt does it for me. Black. In my opinion, black is the best shirt color because it goes with absolutely everything. However, I do love to see colorful clothes and seasonal colors as well. Thank you so much for tuning in today and make sure to keep on listening to Breakfast on the Bridge. You know, I would actually say that the best shirt color to wear is white. Really? Yeah, because I feel like it goes with more stuff than black does. Oh, Don't you think? It's also a little bit more classy. Actually, no. It depends what it looks like. It depends. If it's like a plain white t-shirt, the problem is white is though if it gets like stained yeah or also if you're pale like me then <laughs> like no because like a grease stain a grease stain is hard to get out that's actually true i was eating i was eating pasta last night <laughs> i was eating pasta last night and i put really really good olive oil on oh, it oh no and i'm like oh this pasta is about to bust like it's gonna be so good and then i'm like you know I'm like oh this is so good yeah and i spill the olive oil on my shirt no. and it's a white lululemon shirt <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that's like fifty dollars down the drain. I know, but um, no, least. but I think I think I can get it out. I think I can get it out. The only good thing about Greece is the musical coming to our school <laughs> November that was really good. through. Or sorry, tenth through twelfth. We are just on fire today. We're on fire with these transitions, <laughs> and let's hear more about Greece. Speaking of, with a nice little feature. Oh my goodness, Sid. Do you hear that? Hear what? The music. Oh my gosh. It must be the Grease cast performing Grease Lightning. No way. They sound so good. I know. 
Now that our summer days have drifted away, the Mercer Island High School Drama Department would like to invite you to spend a few hours at Rydell High. Before you start streaming the new Grease prequel series on Paramount+, Plus, come see the original musical that inspired it all. Join us for Grease, November 10th to 12th, and November 17th to 19th, at 7 p.m. in the pack. To hear more and buy tickets, click the link in our Instagram bio, at official MIHS drama, or go to the district page. We'll see you there. That sounds so exciting. I love the background. <laughs> I know, the, the background. background. Well, it sounds like the background is actually from the rehearsal. Yeah. It oh, sounds yeah, like that. Just, okay, Sid, with the sound effects. I love the, <laughs> I love it when the background music applies to like what they're talking about. Yeah. It's always so interesting, too. Yeah. I My cousin, Sadie Jensen, is in the musical this year. Oh, wow. And I'm so excited to go see it. Grease is such a classic. It like, is. I, I, every high school plays that. Or does the Grease production mm-hmm. every five years? I want to say at least. <laughs> at least that. Did Mama you ever? Mia. Did you ever go to the sock hop when you were in elementary school? The sock hop. No. What is no. That? You didn't go to the sock hop. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So at my elementary school, Island Park, mm-hmm. we had a bunch of different events throughout the year. So we uh-huh. had the sock hop, the hoedown, huh? bingo night. Did you not? Have okay, any we of had this? bingo night. Bingo night. Okay. Well, the sock hop is like a fifties. It was like a 50s performance what? event. So it'd be in our gym and everyone would wear like 50s clothes, so like grease clothes. Elementary schoolers. Elementary are schoolers. Up in their yes. 50s clothes. And I sang at it one time. I did. What? Yes. Yes. It was. Oh, what I did. did you do? Just, is it like a performance? It was, yeah, because they had like a little band playing. And I'm not oh. sure if it was like parents. <gasps> or or if it was actually if it was actually students or um I'm not sure. It had to be students, I don't But th- they would sell popcorn. It was great. Oh my gosh. I know. We had bingo night. That's bingo night. And one time I won a whole pizza at bingo night. Really? Yep. I was so proud of myself. Oh. Ours was like um oh, it was like a toy drive too. So you would bring a toy and then get a toy if you won the bingo, which like everyone ended up winning, basically. <laughs> I love and it. all the extra toys were donated. Aww. But people, like at the end, they let you take more toys because like everybody won the last round or whatever. And all that was left was books. So all they donated no. was like a few, like not very good books either, ones that no one took because Aww. like everyone took all the good toys if they won the bingo. That's really disappointing. Hey, yeah. you know what? I love a good book. Yeah, I'm sure some of them are some good reads. <laughs> some good also, reads. We what also, was your What was your favorite book as a child? That's a hard one. I think there were definitely a few random, really random series that mm-hmm. like my school just randomly had, so I picked up. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could choose. I think it's just some of the random picture books. Random picture books. Like there were so many good ones. Oh, yeah. like if you give a mouse a cookie. Oh, I always that loved one was those so ones. fire! I love that. What about book. you? Um. Well, there was this one book, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was about this, like, monster who oh. really wanted to be a princess, Oh, and she would, like, hide from everyone in her cave No, until she, like, went to this ball, and then people, like, accepted her just the way she was, oh. and, like, she was, she was, like, all gorgeous and everything. Oh, <laughs> that was, like, my favorite book. I read it all the time. Elementary school, okay. Every once in a while, I have just a flashback moment, like, live, when we had... I think it was called Library Day. Or library just like Day? that. Oh, yeah, when you go into the library and like read yeah. and sit on the little carpet in yeah, the circle. It yeah, it was so good. Literally, the librarian would just read us a picture book, maybe two, and then the rest of the time would be like free time and you were forced to read. <laughs> which, like, it was, 
not necessarily a good thing, but like if you're in the picture book section, it was a good thing. Yeah. But like, I remember when we'd have silent reading time and in our classes, you'd be allowed to sit wherever you want. So oh. kids would like sit like under the desks yeah. and like, like in the corners. <laughs> okay. I feel like the <clears throat> high school finding things that students like is really just like finding things they did in elementary school, like pajama day. Students love that. Or just like when you have like, do you have your teachers ever brought like coloring sheets out? In high school? Yeah. No. People go ham on those. <laughs> like when it's like the day before break and teachers like, okay, like students aren't going to do anything. So my teachers, we like watched like a historic video. Oh, and they yeah. gave us coloring sheets. And I kid you not, we ran out of coloring sheets because people were filling out like three. And like people were sharing markers. Like it was literally just doing things we did in elementary school. Oh. So fun. I love that. My Spanish class, we've been doing a lot of coloring oh, yeah. <laughs> lately. Like obviously vocabulary coloring. Mm-hmm. Like there was this sheet where we had to color in um, different piglets and <laughs> for funny. like different types of verbs. Oh. Um, and we had to do that, and I used a nice a nice warm gradient of pink and orange and, and red. Is this for AP Spanish? It is for AP Spanish, Is that yeah. the predominantly senior class? Yeah. it's. Um, I think there's only three juniors. Okay. I know, because one of my friends who was a senior last year told me that like by the end of the year, in her AP Spanish class, which was like all seniors, mm-hmm. like all the students had senioritis. Oh, really? So it was like the end of the year, like they had already taken the AP test, mm-hmm. and every day they were just like doing random like coloring activities <laughs> or like playing videos, like dancing, singing songs. Yeah. I really like that class because I feel like not only are we learning about the Spanish language, but mm-hmm. my teacher, Profe Parnes, is teaching us about the Spanish Spanish culture as well. Yeah. So we're listening to songs and reading Spanish news and, you know, like learning a lot of things that I feel like not a lot of other Spanish teachers are. Yeah, and I don't realize how vital that is in learning a yeah. different language too because you can learn the language. That can be one thing to learn all like the grammars and the tenses mm-hmm. and verbs, but to know the culture and like when to apply them, what's like okay and not okay to say too Mm -hmm. can be so useful too if you ever go to the place as well and especially on the ap test actually there are questions about culture so i'm not sure how that's gonna go for me (laughs) but you know taking a whole AP like like ap tests were difficult last year Mm -hmm. taking a whole ap test in spanish might be a different story oh that good luck (laughs) that's all i can say (laughs) that i'm actually really interested in seeing like after the ap tests are over and everyone just is like the calm after the storm. Yeah. Are you t- are you signed up for any AP tests? Yes, I am signed up for a push right now. Oh. So. <laughs> no we'll comment. See how that, we'll see no how that one comment. goes. Uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of nervous now. <laughs> no, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I, I really like the a push class. Actually, we were learning. So last year, towards the end of the year, so you haven't gotten to this yet, mm-hmm. but we learned about the Vietnam War, and oh, yeah. we learned what the Tet Offensive was. And all of those things and, and support for the Vietnam War in America and how it's declining after the set offensive. Yeah. And my English class this year, we were talking about it because we're reading a book about the Vietnam Vietnam War again. And my teacher was like, what is the Tet Offensive? Can anyone tell me? And I was like, oh, oh I know. I, know. Yeah, I, I know. feel like I actually gained so much information and knowledge about America specifically and like our foreign policy from the a push class and i'm really mm-hmm. really glad i took it yeah as hard as it is sometimes to cram all the knowledge and try and learn everything yeah. it, it is really interesting sometimes mm-hmm. to learn all these things it yeah. just it really makes you think about like how everything started and it is very p- applicable too because like we're learning about election day right now just because it is the election and is, it, also- is it the election sophie 
Yes, it is election day, as we, <laughs> as we mentioned earlier. And then we're also learning about, um, uh, we're just learning about like the Constitution and how that was written, because that's oh, yes. the unit we're on right now, and it's just all perfectly lined up. I remember that unit. So it is really interesting to just learn everything as it's yeah. happening. I mean, despite the copious amounts of reading and tests and graded activities that are assigned in that class i think it was it was a good class i'm glad i took it i glad i'm glad i got through it and i yeah. learned a lot from it so i'm i'm glad you're taking it too so <laughs> i agree i'm very excited to keep learning about this country and i'm very glad that we could be here for this special episode way on, to end on such a patriotic a note <laughs> thank god we played party in the usa to keep morales high but it's it's been a great it's been a great episode and i'm, I'm exciting I'm excited to hear more about what's going on with Election Day. Um, Maybe even vote next year? Yeah, next actually, election I will be day? able to. I'll be 18. Wow. So convenient. That is convenient, <laughs> actually. I'll be sure to use my, what was it called? Voter's pamphlet? Yes, your voter's pamphlet. Oh, yeah. To I'm know who you're voting for. But yeah. thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Breakfast on the Bridge. I am Sophie Cartwright. I'm Sophie Prock. And we will see you next week on KMIH Mercer Island. We hope you enjoyed your helping of Breakfast on the Bridge, brought to you by our KMIH staff and dedicated to the stories, lives, and people of the Mercer Island community. We hope your dinner was as good as your breakfast on the bridge. And thank you for listening.